It's September 21st, 2023, and on today's episode of Comic Talk, we'll be talking about all the comics that came out this week, like Captain America 1 from Marvel, Rare Flavors 1 from Boom Studios, Wonder Woman 1, and Green Lantern War Journal 1 from DC Comics, and a whole bunch more. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, with special guest Drew Maxey, aka Drew Deficit. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, because here's your weekly comic book recap. And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about this week's new comic book releases. For those of you who don't know, new DC comics come out on Tuesdays. New Marvel and indie comics come out on Wednesdays. And we are here on a Thursday. Uh, what is it? September 21st, 2023. The 21st night of September. Yes, as uh, the classic holiday song goes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me introduce my guest. If you heard him, but you can't see him, that means you are listening to the podcast wherever you get podcasts from. But if you heard him and you saw him, that's because you're watching us on twitch.tv slash show or youtube.com slash show. Uh, either or. Uh, by the way, shout out to Carson out there uh, for being being a being a good sport out there on, on Twitch chat. Uh, but we got Drew, a.k.a. Drew Deficit, but if you want to find him online, it's Drew X Deficit because the X is silent, like the H in my name. There you go, bang 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 bang. I'm doing uh, I'm doing a Cactus Jack thing today. What what what's Cactus Jack? Is that like Samurai Jack, but like as a cowboy? Uh, no, but that would be really cool. Uh, Cactus Jack, he's one of uh, Mick Foley's uh, uh, wrestling personas. Okay, and you are a you're a you're a wrestling fan. Not really, actually. No? So which, then, is, which is very strange. That is. Well, Here's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't really like wrestling itself, but mm-hmm. I think, like, wrestlers are interesting. Is it the comic book fan in you? Is that what I it is? I don't know if that's what it is. It It very well could be. But I really like learning about, like, the like what kind of person would want to become a wrestler um i like learning about like the characters that they you know make how characters evolve um Mm -hmm. you know somebody like like the rock who i mean i say this you know as, as somebody who claims to not be a wrestling fan and so people will likely disagree with me but you know the rock is probably one of the greatest like uh, uh, he did some of the best promos. You know, you put you put Dwayne Johnson on a mic in a wrestling ring. A lot of times, something good's going to come out, right? And most of that's yes. just like off the cuff. And I just find that so fascinating. How they're essentially like a lot of storytelling in wrestling is like uh, it's it's like jazz. You know, they're improvising, but they're making the song as it goes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, in wrestling, they're improvising, but they're making up story as it goes, like long running story, a student, you know, not something that's going to uh, just be over in a couple hours. Right. I, a- as an improviser, not a wrestling improviser, but uh, I was an improv comedian for a long, long time. 
Um, I, I mean, I've, I've seen The Rock's promos and everything, and I, I feel like he was a much better entertainer back then than he is now. Because he was trying to, he, he, I mean, the character that he was playing was just more interesting than the I'm trying to be everybody's friend persona that he seems to have in real life. You think it's the friend persona that's the problem with The Rock right now? I think I think that he tries to um like as an actor he just kind of like tries to be very too he tries to be too diplomatic. He he feels like the guy who's on the fence about everything, you know, and he doesn't take a stand either way. Yeah, I mean okay, so maybe there are a couple of different problems with The Rock. <laughs> and this is a funny way of kicking off an episode about comic talk in general or uh, you know weekly comics and whatnot but like yeah. uh i can't i can't pass up the opportunity to talk about the rock and and like what i think is his you know his journey has been um he is definitely politically a you know why don't we all get along type person yeah which which for someone who does a lot of movies based on him being bold and brash and standing up for things is very interesting that like in real life he's trying to please everybody yeah yeah it's an interesting That's thing my big problem with the rock is that he can't lose and he has a yeah, he's contractually contractually obligated not to lose like he can't do it early rock can lose and the funny part about all that is that like in improv you can't be looking out for number one yeah like improv isn't based off of that improv is like a group thing but like you're telling me that you can't lose so nobody can improvise on their part where you lose you know yeah it's, I get it's it. but like back in the day yeah he was a great entertainer like nothing he does now kind of stacks up to like the rundown yeah remember the rundown the action I scenes in that. I, know, I know what it is it's like it's super fun and he gets beaten up and like you know it works um you know what my like one of my favorite i mean yeah actually you know what i was gonna go into uh the rock movies but uh i i i, I don't want to talk about movies i still have i have friends in sag so no oh, movies. that's fair that's fair um when it comes to uh, when it comes to the comics that came out this week, um, uh, I I want to know what you read this week. Uh, I want to know uh, also what you would have read this week had you had more time. Yeah, because it I, is a Thursday. People don't realize how quickly we read comics for this show. Yeah, and I I I did not get to read as much as I wanted to. Uh, just because yeah. I mean, uh, didn't have much time last night. Um, and then like all day today when I was at work, sometimes like when I'm at work, I can, I can carve out time to, to read some stuff and just kind of relax, um, mm -hmm. for a little bit. And, uh, unfortunately today, uh, it was a really, it was a super busy day. Uh, uh we had to, uh, uh, we had to take students to, uh, uh, the baseball game. Mm -hmm. So you know, it was a hard day. It was tough around the <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what happened at the baseball game?" Okay, cool. But yeah, so uh, I I came home today and I read. I I I had time to read three books, three and a half. 
three and a half. All right. What'd you yeah. read? Do, uh, wait, wait, I'm, here before you say before you say what you read, did you have a strategy? If you're like, okay, I only have I can only read three books right now. Did you have a strategy on which books you went for? Uh kind of, yeah. Okay, so what were the th- what were the three books? I read uh Wonder Woman one. Okay. Uh uh the uh Green Lantern War War Journal. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Green Lantern Green War, War Journal, Journal number one. one. Captain America one. Oh, okay. And I got through about half of Rare Flavors uh, one before uh, I realized that I needed to cook dinner or else I wasn't going to get a chance to eat. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. Uh, I never eat dinner before the show. It's just too early for me. But you're yeah. in a different time zone. Yeah. Um, and then I go to Trivia Hungry. So, you know, I'm a starving artist, man. I get you it. Could I... Have been, you could have been a starving artist, too. Had you not sold out and made your own dinner, you know. Hey, well, you know, I had a, a, the steak was going to go bad. The stakes were high. <laughs> there you go. Um. Okay. Cool. 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 So, I mean, you read. Uh, you read actually. Uh, three of them that I read. Um, and I'm. What I read this week. Uh, I read Nightwing 106. I read Batman Superman World's Finest 19. I read half of Superman six. I wish I finished it. Um, Titans number three. All four of those are ones that I have that I am going to read. Yeah. Get to them. Uh, Catwoman 57. I forgot to pick that up and I'm real bummed out about it because I actually like Gotham War and I want to see where it went. I, yeah, we, I mean, we'll talk about Gotham War uh, in, in a little bit, like, Gotham War is surprising me, though. I I I no, we'll talk about it. uh Catwoman 57. Yeah, Wonder Woman number one, Uncanny Spider-Man number one, uh Uncanny Avengers number two, Captain America number one, Alpha Flight number two, Green Lantern War Journal number one. Uh, and I think that's all I read. But there were others that I wanted to read this week. Like the big ones that I I hate myself for missing out on, but I will I'll read it later. Is uh, Amazing Spider-Man thirty four because love it or hate it, I got to keep up with it. Um, Wolverine thirty seven. I I was meaning to read Guardians of the Galaxy six. I was meaning to read Dark X Men number two, Predator versus Wolverine number one, um, Cyborg number three, Big Game number three. And I mean, that's pretty much it. Strange Academy, Moon Knight. Yeah, but that's because I like Strange Academy, not because I like Moon Knight. But I mean, what were the ones that you had meant to read? Um, here, let me grab my stack. Ugh. Oh, so, so you got them. You got them, but you just didn't read them. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. The only one I didn't get, or other than that Catwoman one, which I mentioned. Uh, I wanted to read Catwoman 57 to continue Gotham War, but I forgot to pick it up. Uh, My store got shorted on Saga. Um, So I don't know if I'm going to get a copy of Saga, the new issue of Saga, um, from my shop. So I might have to run out and go to another spot to pick it up. Oh, is it because they're selling out or because the distributor messed up? Distributor messed up. So mm. is your is your comic shop the comic shop you go to is it like yeah. a bigger shop? 
it's 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 fairly small. I mean, it's not as small as it could be. Sure. But like half of it's an arcade. Okay. So a thing that maybe people who who go to bigger shops, yeah, probably don't under don't know is that Diamond, who is uh, used to be like the major distributor. I guess they still are, but they used to be pretty much the sole distributor of yeah. Comp. Um, um, and Image is still distributed by Diamond. Um, they right. but Marvel is Penguin Books, right? Like Maybe. Marvel switched over or something. I think Marvel is still Diamond, and, oh. and DC is Penguin. Okay, let's look at that. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Image is still uh, done by Diamond, and Diamond, like they're notorious for having like awful customer service. Yeah, because uh, they had a monopoly for so long. Yeah, yeah, and so they were kind of just like, okay, well. You can get your stuff from one of the other distributors, wink, wink, you know. Yeah. Um, and as that is especially true of smaller shops. So sometimes they'll just not send you stuff. And then you have to, like your your shop owner will call them and be like, hey, um, you we didn't get this that we ordered. And then they'll just say, okay, well, you'll figure it out. And then just kind of leave it at that. Sometimes they'll say, oh, sorry about that. We'll send you your your stuff. So it's a real gamble on if I'm going to get a copy of the new saga next week or right. if I need to just go to another shop and pick it up. Um, but that sucks. So, yeah, I need to finish Rare Flavors. Uh, Nightwing 106, um, World's Finest, number 19, Titans, number three, Superman 6. And then uh, Tenement number four. Mm, Tenement. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't read it, but are you the? There, there's a couple of people I feel that are on this show that that read Tenement. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll pretty much read anything Jeff Lemire writes. So mm, it's a Jeff Lemire thing. Okay. It's, yeah. So yeah, it's part of that Bone Orchard mythos. I don't know if you've kept up with that. I don't read. Is it horror? I don't read. It's so, rare that I read indie books, and it's even rarer that I read horror books. So, uh, essentially what it is, is like um, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, who I think were first paired together for Green Arrow during like okay. the middle of the New 52. Mm. Um, I think that's when they were first paired together. They ended up working on Old Man Logan over at... Uh, oh, Mar yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did uh, uh, an image book called, um, oh, what is the name of that book? Hold on, I got it over here. I can't remember. It was a horror book, um, and it was really good. Uh, but they just keep working together, and they have, they've created their own, like, shared horror universe, and... Yeah. Like they call it the Bowen Orchard mythos. Um, they did a free comic book day to kind of introduce it, uh, free comic book day issue to introduce it. And now they're doing like, sometimes they'll release just like a full original graphic novel. Sometimes they'll do little mini series and it's the same creative team on all of them, Lemire and Sorrentino, but 
those and the stories are like separate, but they all are kind of like interconnected um, through this horror mythology they're creating. Yeah. Um, and this um, one, the tenement is about uh, a group of people who live in an apartment building together. Okay. And like strangers who are being brought together by this thing that's happening. Something that I've loved, even before comics, is shared universes, like crossovers. Yeah. The fact is, I don't like horror. But the idea of like shared universes, like might make me read it. Because, like, how you pull it off, like, matters so much. Yeah. And it's really cool. Gideon Falls. That was the name of the book that I'm thinking okay. of. Falls. I had okay. to look on my shelf to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, TGI Fridays, all those shows, or not TGI Friday, TGIF. Yeah. F stood for Fridays. But yeah. uh, TGIF, when it did, like, the, like, Urkel from Family Matters used to cross over into other shows, yeah. And then, like, they did a Sabrina the Teenage Witch crossover with, like, all the shows that shouldn't have and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like, they had they had the episode when the episode of Boy Meets World when Corey has the heart to heart with Dana from Step by Step. Oh, in in Disney World, is it actually Dana from Step by Step? Yeah. We are literally the same age. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> like nobody, you can't talk to anyone else about this. Um, well, I was saying the Sabrina the Teenage Witch one where they, I thought you were going to say the Boy Meets World episode where they get stuck in time and they go back to like World War II, like, because Sabrina's messing with all the TGIF shows. Oh, I, so, didn't, I don't remember that. Yeah. So like Boy Meets World, they like go back in time. You know what people don't remember? is that NBC did the same thing for uh, uh, like one week's worth of programming. Is that so, like the Spin City, like those shows and like- that. First oh, of all, okay. uh, Spin City was ABC. Oh, okay. But- uh, uh, one Is of the, the Paul Reiser, the Paul Reiser show? Yeah, yeah, Paul Reiser from Mad About You, right? Okay. His, his character, Paul, uh, used to live in Kramer's apartment. Uh, and- Okay, yeah there's a stinger or there's a scene in an episode of mad about you where he has to go to his old apartment and see if Kramer still has like a box that he left there, you know, and they did this for uh, all of their shows, like all of their yeah. shows one, one week all crossed over with each other. I remember somebody talking about that. There was the power outage. There was the yeah, power the outage. Power yep storyline where all the all the shows did it except for Seinfeld I think, I think that, Seinfeld yeah. opted out yeah but like yeah the big power outage that like most people associate it with friends but mm. yeah it it happened in like it went it went into Mad About You it went into right. uh I think like Caroline in the City was that the name of the show that yeah I think that was an NBC show people yeah. tuning in for comics for this episode are gonna be like I don't know what are these old people talking about it all, but it all, hey, it all makes, it all comes back whenever you realize well, that uh, Dwayne McDuffie detailed all of this in the Six Degrees uh, from St. Elsewhere to explain, use television shows to explain why comic continuity isn't cool. Did he really? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to look that up. But he I know that there's, there's the degrees of separation from St. Elsewhere. I know so, that... 
He's he's the one. I Dwayne, don't buy into it. I don't buy into it. But Dwayne McDuffie yeah. is the person who popularized that because he wrote an essay for uh, an early blog um, or, or like a like an old comics website that essentially was just like him saying, if you believe in strict continuity in your comics, it's going to mess up the stories. And I can prove it using the fact that most television shows you know of all exist in some kid's mind and right. and he was well, just I, like so if, if you want to believe that like if you want to have this strict continuity that's fine but this is what you these are the kinds of doors you're opening up which have is you limited done a story. tiktok video on this or no i did a i didn't do a tiktok video on that i did a okay. i did a tiktok recently about how um people are complaining about gotham war right um and okay. i think it's i think it's unjustifiably okay uh, the big things that i've seen on the internet is that like oh the characters like the bat family are acting out of character and that's bad writing and my whole thing is just like dude these characters have existed for nearly 85 years at this point like next year for batman is 85 years and right. so like when you have so many different creators putting their hands on them and leaving their fingerprints on these characters, continuity and like like how the characters act is fluid. It just doesn't really matter as much. There are things that you can't change, but also I'll give you like, there are things, big sweeping changes that you can change as long as you're a good enough writer, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll agree with you. Look, I'm I for years I I'm a continuity whore, but I'm not pushing that on other people. I just need things to make sense in my mind. Now I do believe like power battles and stuff. It like Squirrel Girl can beat Doctor Doom with the if the writer wants Squirrel Girl to beat Doctor Doom. Like yeah. we we the the events that happen in a comic happen because a writer is writing it, not because we're peering into a separate right, universe yeah. that has strict physics and continuity. It is what it is, right? But like, we can't have like Bat, like it would be weird if Batman was like, like scoping out like rooftops and like, he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And he goes behind an air vent and squats and like poops and then like gets up and then goes chases down a mugger. Like, oh, some writer would be like, uh, why wouldn't he do that? Like, he has to go to the bathroom. Like, he, right. where, where's Batman going to go to the bathroom? Let's keep it realistic. He's going to poop on a rooftop. Like, who cares? And then other people might be like, that is weird. And why would you write that? And why would that be right, in yeah, character right. form? And yeah, I would be on the side. I would be on the side of like, yeah, that'd be out of character, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I don't think that it's necessarily out of character. I think, <laughs> I think, I don't, when I say that it's like not necessarily out of character, what I mean by that is like, I wouldn't classify that as being in the out of character discussion. I would uh -huh. classify that as just like, there are things in comics you just have to, like things in media in general, you just have to accept that you're not going to see them, right? It's not part of the discussion. You know, nobody, like, Unless it's part of a joke, nobody on a TV show farts. You know, it's like... Right. Well, that's because farts are jokes, but yes. 
like they shouldn't be, but I mean, they are right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You can't fart without it not being a joke. Right. So, but like, certainly, certainly when, you know, Kramer's barging in and he's like sliding across the floor, he's letting a few slip out. We're going to get off. We're getting now, now I'm at that point. We're getting off topic. What is your pick of the week? Out of the books that you read, what is your it pick is, of the it week? Is, it is Wonder Woman. Uh, I knew it was going to be Wonder Woman going in. Um, Did you? And then uh, okay. I read it and I was just like, okay, I have made the right decision. Because it was, it was the book I was looking forward to the most. Okay. So it has amazing art. And then it's also written by Tom King. Are you a Tom King fan? I am a huge Tom King fan. Okay. I know that Tom King isn't for everybody, and that's okay. Um I like Tom King. I got I got I got my problems with him, but like I like him, you know. Like I respect ish the guy. Um tell me about wait, are, are you also a Wonder Woman fan? Are you reading this for um, Tom King or are you reading this for Wonder Woman? Or both? a little of both. It's a little okay. of both. Um, I would say that it's more Tom King than it is Wonder Woman, um, only because I've been burned a lot of times starting a new Wonder Woman run or a new Wonder Woman series. Um, the Michael Conrad and Becky Cloonan one that uh, started at the beginning of, uh, uh, I guess this was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, it felt like it started at a new number one, but I don't think it was a new number one what recently yeah the lazarus planet kind of stuff no it was before that mm. um it was the story was her like uh crossing over with like the norse gods oh or at least that was yeah. the first one um and i thought that was great okay. um i really liked you know brian azarello's new 52 with cliff chang um thought that was great and then you know uh david and meredith finch took it over and that was just like not worth reading at all okay um, uh quick shout out to carson carson out in our chat says do i need to read wonder woman 800 before i read wonder woman number one i don't 800, think so. 800 the anthology one right is that the anthology kind of yeah, thing uh, there's a little there's a little like something that hints towards this okay. but i don't think you need to read it yeah this one's pretty much like like a like a new start yeah the tone is also very i mean the tone is very tom king but the tone is very heavy yeah you know heavy is the head that wears the tool it, it is i mean it's a it's very much a tom king thing tom king every book that he's ever made is making some statement about the current world uh yeah i mean it's just like that's his thing um and this one i mean it's no different it's talking about things that are like big conversations in uh you know like um the political sphere and also where the political crosses over with media um it's right I, yeah it's it's very much a tom king book but i also don't i don't i don't want to take away that i think it very much feels like a wonder woman book as well it's not tom king doing his version of wonder woman it's tom king writing the wonder woman that people know and are familiar with just with his voice yeah 
I also, so, so, I mean, I, I read this, right. And I love the art and I like Tom King. And I know that people online were complaining about Sarge Steele that they like kind of made Sarge Steele into like, I don't know. Some people are saying like, oh, they made him into a fascist where like, I don't have much experience with Sarge Steele before this. Do you? I don't either. Um, and I didn't really see him as a fascist. If I were to assign some kind of like political, I don't know, ideology to him, I would think it was more libertarian. And I know that like there's some people are going <laughs> to argue that there's like libertarian and fascism have overlaps um, depending yeah. on how far into it you get. But I mean, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. I mean, I think libertarian and fascist, it's like, libertarians are okay with fascism as long as they don't foot the bill you know yeah i get that i get as I long get... as my taxes don't go to fascism yeah. it's okay um but Sarge... also like that that i'm gonna i'm just gonna say too that brings yeah. up another thing that was in a video i i said about gotham war and i promise that i'm not doing just to, like to keep plugging myself but yeah so this semester at school, I'm teaching media literacy. And we've yeah. been talking about the last couple of days, we've been talking about point of view um, and how yeah. point of view in media looks different than it does in like a book, right? You, you can identify point of view in a book pretty easily. But when you get to the visual media, like a movie or a comic book, um, you can't write unless you're, you know, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo, you can't do the first person you know perspective um so you have to make an approximation of it and that means that like every book every comic has tricks to keep you to remind you that this story is from a certain person's point of view right and wonder woman even though she doesn't show up until like the last half of it if if even the last that yeah last two thirds yeah um or last third yeah. Her presence is very much, yeah, sorry, last third, yeah. Her presence is very much felt, and it reminds the reader that, like, another person is narrating. We don't know who this person is, uh, but they're narrating. Mm. It is still Wonder Woman's book, and it is told from her perspective, and we are supposed to identify with her. So, all that is to say maybe Sarge Steele isn't a fascist, but Wonder Woman sees him that way. And so that's why he, uh, he seems to be like that in, in, uh, in this book, you know, I mean, there, that's, that's a purely like analytical thing. And you could definitely uh, argue against that. But I also think that there are very valid arguments in favor of that. Um, And those are things that people don't think of whenever they're, like, like when you're reading a comic, because you can see all the characters at one time, you think that it's completely objective, but it's not. It's, you know, it's subjective to whichever character is supposed to, like, we're supposed to be identifying with at that point. Right. It, it's very interesting that you bring this up and, like, we'll touch on it just a sec and then I, I'll tie it in with a comic that, um, by the way, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was your, your big pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay um of the week then um okay uh 
basically Nikhil Clayton on TikTok was just talking about how like comics as a medium can do things that other mediums can't, but then other mediums can do things that comics can't, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing about a medium is a medium is granted pros and cons just by that's what makes it a medium, right? For sure. So, yeah. so like, like Nikhil was saying that like no other medium, no other medium has done what comics can do, which is a shared universe with thousands of different perspectives over decades of of multiple series existing at the same time right like the sheer like star wars doesn't do it star trek doesn't do it like you can't lord of the rings doesn't do it like i'm sorry token fans like he you know it's good for what it is but what i'm trying to say is if you're thinking about a whole like writers Thousands of writers over decades have worked for a corporate thing in which they have created a universe or multiverse. Like, nothing can come close, right? Um, and that's something that, like, comics can do that, like, TV shows have tried to do. The CW-verse has gotten the closest. But, like, really, you know, comics make it happen. What also comics can do is something that I noticed in, I guess, I'm just going to arbitrarily say Uncanny Avengers number two was my pick of the week. Okay. So Uncanny Avengers number two has to deal with the X-Men and the Avengers, a couple X-Men, a couple Avengers, making a Unity squad in order to track down Captain Krakoa and his new Brotherhood of Mutants. Problem is, is Captain Krakoa, outsiders think it's Cyclops. Like the world at large thinks it's Cyclops um, doing terrorist acts on the world under the guise of Captain Krakoa, but rather we do not know as of yet the identity of Captain Krakoa, who is leading these Brotherhood of Mutants, which are mostly bad guys and like the blobs on the team, but the blobs just being manipulated because he's a he's nice now, and so like, um, what comics does is keep identity secret that no other medium can do, right? Yeah. Because like we see the sh- we c- we can see someone's face and we won't know it's that character unless they have some identifying marks sure. or costumes or whatever. Like yeah. yeah, for sure. I think about I think about that often actually when I'm reading. Like right. how do you keep how like, you know, the Winter Soldier book? Yeah kept that a way bigger secret than the movie would have been able to had they really tried. They didn't try because they knew that they couldn't, you know? Right. Because we knew the spoiler and we knew that Sebastian Stan was going to be in it. That being said, the movie at least, at the very least, did the full mask with the black eyes and like the long hair, right? Yeah. In, in In the comics, it was a long haired brunette in a domino mask, right? Right. But you can't really assume that it's Bucky because in our, every artist draws people different ways mm-hmm. and they're not trying to make it look like Bucky, but it could be because and you can't, you can't hear their voice. You can't hear their voice. That's right. That's, that's a big one. I, I think about that all the time about like, um, you know, when you do like a page turn reveal where the person yeah. is talking on the page before, but you don't see them until you turn the page, you know? And like, yeah you don't you can't get that moment of like oh my god it's that person until uh, you i know, mean you can't get that in a television show or a movie i think you could you could that's I mean, just it's a voiceover and then you look 
like you cut to Samuel L. Jackson coming out of the dark as Nick Fury, right? Like, right. But I mean, like, if it's a character you've been introduced to before, as soon as you hear their voice, you know who it is. Mm, you know? That's true. Yeah. Right. So, like, playing around with that. Now, Uncanny Avengers has the mystery of Captain Krakoa and who he is. Yeah. And in this issue, he gets into the shower with one of the girls and he takes off his clothes and then one of the evil girls. It's it's one of the Strucker, the Von Strucker twins. Again, hinting at slight, like, jealousy from the twin, the guy twin to the girl twin. I don't know. They do weird things. Whatever. The point being is, Captain Krakoa takes off his 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 clothes. He gets into the shower with with Andrea uh, von Strucker, and she goes she goes first with her back turned. She goes she calls him like Air Captain, and then she turns and she goes, "Oh, it's you." And he's like, he's like, um, "Can you hear me? You can hear me, right?" Okay, I can I can I can hear you. Um, one of my ear pods gave up. Anyway, um. What was I saying? Oh, she goes, oh, it's you. And he's like, yeah, and you better not tell anyone. Otherwise, like, I'll kill you or whatever. And then they make love in the shower or whatever villains do. But the point being is um, you see like this, you see like a bottom jaw. But we've already seen the bottom jaw um, in his suit. But the point being is like, he could technically just beat anyone. Yeah. You know, the only hints we have are he's white. He's tall-ish buff but like that could be anyone right like if you told me it was a cyclops clone okay that's not my pick i think it's hydra i think it's hydra cap oh interesting i mean that's my like that like why she called him air well she it's because she's german so she because he's Captain Krakoa and she's German. But when she turns around, she goes, oh, it's you. I'm like, oh, she sees Steve Rogers. Yeah. You know? So I think that, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I don't know. I think that's interesting. I, I like uh, I like the art. I like the story so far. Um, Quicksilver being back on the team, like I miss Quicksilver. I know it's going to sound weird. Who misses Quicksilver? But like, it's been a while. Yeah. Right. Since we've gotten like Quicksilver in a story. So do you read that much Marvel? I, I, I read. Um, if it's, if it's a Marvel team book, I'm buying it for the creative team. Um, I tend to with with Marvel stuff. Um, I tend to gravitate towards like single characters. For example, like the only Marvel stuff I'm really reading right now is Captain America, um, Daredevil. Uh, I'm picking up Moon Knight. I haven't been reading it in a long time, so I need to get back on that. Um, and then like Blade. So you just pick and choose. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know I'm 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 more. I'm more likely to pick up a number one, a new number one of a single character um, versus like a team. Um, if it's a team, it's going to be like 
oh rick remender is writing this you know like oh yeah x-force or something yeah yeah okay i mean he's never going to work for marvel again so but that was just you know the example i threw out because i (laughs) really like that book is he never going to work for marvel again Mm -hmm. i heard recently he turned down batman and he turned down he he has said else he has said that he's never going to work uh and on, on something he doesn't own ever again Oh, okay. Um, he ju- he just signed uh, an exclusive with Image. So yes, I saw that, and that he turned down Batman and something else to do because, like, maybe they still offered him. You know? Yeah. I'm sure that there. I mean, Batman I'm sure- and X Men. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of. Uh, Chip Zdarsky very recently said that he wasn't going to do. Uh, you know, he was like kind of, I think it was Chip Zdarsky. Uh, he was going to finish up um, Batman and and just kind of like not really work on uh, big two books. He was going to go back to doing like independent stuff. And then like a day after that, he, they announced a new Marvel book that he's working on. Hmm. And so like, clearly they're still like offering things to these people who say they're not going to work for them. I mean, the price is right. If the price is right, you know, yeah, I don't blame them. Um, I mean, and we'll talk, I mean, we'll talk about uh, some upcoming stuff on the episode that we're doing on the key talks um, this weekend. Yeah. Um, but there's some, you know, interesting news has been coming around, coming out, you know, recently. Um, let's talk about, uh, oh, so you don't, yeah, you don't read any X-Men, but it's like, you like solo books better than team books? Is that what it is? I'm the com- I, I think, almost the complete opposite. I think that like I'm I it's not that I like solo books better. It's more so just like um I think that there's a level of intimacy with a single book that you can't get with a team book a lot of times. I'm not yeah. saying it's impossible, but like um that's what I look for. You know, I I tend to see I tend to see team books as being more like plot driven. Whereas like uh, a solo book is, is more character driven. And that's really the kind of storytelling that I, that I care about. That's interesting that you say that because in my opinion, um, unless you have a good writer or even when you have good writers, sometimes they pull it out of their ass, but basically in a solo book, that character can beat all odds. And so they are as smart as they want to be. And they are as, as you know willful as they can and and whatever versus team books characters are allowed to have flaws because they can play off each other and i like the way i like seeing the ways characters interact i definitely i definitely get that i mean i i mentioned remender's x-force that's one of the reasons why i like that book so much is that like uh you know a lot of deadpool solo stuff it's kind of it's kind of boring and and a little annoying at times you got to read the new run i've been i've been i've been trying to plug that it just ended i think it was like 12 issues or whatever it just ended you put you put deadpool on a team with wolverine archangel psylocke phantom x i mean and that's like that's a a really interesting dynamic yeah it's also a super hardcore team. Deadpool's on Uncanny Avengers. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense to me. Um, 
but in uncanny avengers he he did something weird which is he deadpool always like sides with mutants he's very pro mutant and whatnot and like you know he's the annoying cousin but he's still your cousin um but in uncanny avengers he was just like i'm standing by cap i stand by cap all the time like or whatever like he just said like cap is who like whoever side he's on because the other x-men they were like hey cap we need you to step back from being leader of this team rogue was like i will lead this team because if captain krakoa kills cap it's going to make more people anti-mutant yeah because captain krakoa is doing a frame job right it's a false flag frame job sort of situation um and so like and then cap was like i don't agree that's what they said when i was fighting the nazis if the nazis beat me then the symbol is lost but the symbol continues and then deadpool took cap side and he was just like yeah i'm always going to take cap side i don't know this is a weird moment but okay um x-men books man x-men shit right now i'm loving it i i can't I mean, I know you don't read it, but like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna blow through some of these. Uncanny Spider-Man number one essentially has Kurt, Kurt Wagner, yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah. I so uh, somebody dressed up as Spider-Man. Somebody brought that up at the comic shop that I work at last weekend because yeah. he thought it had already come out, and I was just, yeah. I had to look it up, and uh, I knew the title was coming. I think that I first heard about it from you, and then. Mm. Uh, I didn't realize it was written by Cy Spurrier and mm. that was what interested me about it and that, that's another one I wish I would have picked that up but I just didn't think about it when I was at the shop uh, yeah. yesterday it's interesting it's also kind of self-referential because yeah. it brings up the fact that like there's so many spider people and like like okay is this demon spider like what's his name so yeah. people don't know that he is a mutant and so Finally, like Kurt is getting the love that he's always wanted in this, uh, which is kind of the premise of this, but he's also trying to atone for the sins of this like monster form that he had previously. And Peter is like, you know, he Peter, Peter is in this for a little bit, and he's just like, Hey, look, I'll help you out, but like, what's the end goal here? Like, what are you really trying to do here? And so there's some interesting Kurt moments, but there's also just this sadness that I kind of have for Kurt. Like Kurt is a lover. Mm-hmm. Like Kurt loves the ladies and some would argue the men, but I, I, you know, I only know the ladies, but the point being is that like, if Kurt takes off his mask, he's this blue demon guy and people don't mind the tail. Like there's a girl in this book that doesn't mind the tail, but she just doesn't want him to be a mutant. Right. That just sucks. Yeah. You know, that's it's a, mean, like it was a good book though. I like I like Cy Spurrier's writing. Um, I think uh, the, you know that Hellblazer little run that he did uh, was really good. I think I'm really looking forward to that Flash book uh, that he's going to be doing, just because that little bit at the end of the anniversary issue that they did that was like kind of his preview to you know the What's one. The huh? It's just that he's taking over Flash. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, they we we I think you and I talked we talked about it on uh, an episode. It was the uh the anniversary issue, the story where 
like Wally is uh at dinner and he's oh, like yeah. saying that you know like oh I'm not I'm not going to do flash stuff and then he figures out he has to and he tries to get back before she even notices he's gone um yeah uh yeah. I did I did like that story so I also I like that DC is pushing Wally as Flash again yeah. because Wally should be the Flash not Barry so you know color me happy um uncanny spider-man came out uh uncanny avengers 2 came out uh alpha flight 2 pretty also pretty interesting it, it's essentially taking the old x-factor premise which was um rescue mutants while pretending to be mutant hunters and the art is really good in this and you get reintroduced to the canadian superhero from uh alpha flight and yeah. so like I don't know. It's a it's a pretty good comic. I don't know. I like it, and uh, there's not much more to say than that. But yeah, there's some good stuff in it. Um, and then I mean there were some other X Men comics, but I didn't get I didn't get to um the X Men stuff. Uh, you read Green Lantern War Journal number one. Yes. What did you think about it? Because really it. it's it's nice to see John Stewart you know john stewart is he's my favorite green lantern mm -hmm. um but like um i always say that he's my favorite green lantern because you know i was i was kind of like um introduced to him i knew of him but i i you know most people like of a certain age know him because of the justice league unlimited show yeah um and i didn't watch that when it was airing so like were you I into comics back then no not really okay so that's why that's fair that's i knew who john stewart was um i knew the, the daily, daily the daily show with john stewart yeah yeah because that's what most people think of when they think of john stewart i knew who he was i knew that there was a difference between him and hal jordan yeah um, but that was it um and so like i got i kind of got introduced to him during um pete tomasi's green lantern core run which is really good yeah uh, yeah and um yeah i mean my whole thing was always like i really like that they let john be the guy who has to make really hard decisions because of his like time in the military you know it's like it makes sense for him to be that guy um but there aren't a whole lot of john stewart stories from the time that i started reading it where like they let him I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he doesn't get to be vulnerable because he definitely does, but it's always like, I had to, I had to kill a friend of mine and now right. I'm sad about that, you know? Right. Um, whereas like in this issue, you get to see him like have really, like really personal moments um that are causing some like inner conflict with him and you can tell that it, there's inner conflict but he makes a really like like there's a part in this where he makes a really hard decision that probably is doesn't seem like it's a very hard thing to do but when you really like pick it apart and think about what it is that he did uh and if if i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but it, it was his, yeah, I, I read it yeah, yeah yeah it was it was yeah the if anybody is listening who 
read it maybe doesn't you know what i'm getting at it's the way that he helps his mom and yeah this issue, you know like that's a hard thing to do and you can it tell was sad that, when i realized yeah you can yeah. tell it bothers him but at the same time he's just like no this was the right thing to do at at this moment you know and like to me that was you know i characterize him as like yeah, he's the one who has to make hard decisions. Um, but it's never been such an intimately hard decision, you know? Yeah. I, I I read this one. I love Jon Stewart, but growing up, like in the 90s and early 2000s, like Kyle Rayner was the Green Lantern. He was the sure, yeah, sole yeah. Green Lantern to the point where basically what had happened was Hal had gone evil, Hal turned to Parallax, he drained the the battery of all like the central battery of all its power. He took it. He became a cosmic level villain and it left no Green Lantern energy for anyone else. So yeah. all the Green Lanterns that we had known, alien or human, they had to go on with their lives as something else. So Guy Gardner uh, became, he owned, opened a bar. Um, he became the hero warrior. Yeah. Uh, his bar was named Warriors. Um then John Stewart creates like a cop force called the 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 Dark Stars mm-hmm. is I think what it was called and Darks and then he, so he was essentially Dark Star and like whatever so the point being is that like Kyle Rayner was the sole Green Lantern and then the cartoon came out well first the Green Lantern on the Superman cartoon was Kyle Rayner right yeah though it looked like Hal Jordan but Hal Jordan was either dead or parallax at the time in the comics right and then later on for the cartoon they made john stewart the green lantern but then they also wrote it in that kyle rayner was newer than john stewart john stewart was the first the earth green lantern and then kyle rayner came after him um and then in the comics just like they did did with barry allen uh they did with uh hal jordan and they brought him back and they made him the one true green lantern and they pushed everyone to the side and john stewart just didn't get that was his moment to shine like if they didn't write hal jordan's return in the comics john stewart's popularity off the show would have made him the main green lantern in the comics like but then they brought hal back yeah i mean they're they're you know um I like Jeff John's Green Lantern run. I like it quite a bit. Um, We're and the Hal like, one? Yeah, and I like Hal Jordan um, for, a, for a number of reasons. But him becoming Parallax because his like grief drove him insane um, and ultimately, ultimately sacrificing himself. Yeah to like you know become like becoming good just so he can sacrifice himself to save the world yeah it's infinitely more interesting story for him and it is one of those things that like as much as i like that run and i do like a lot of it um i wonder how different like like it's such a it's such a bummer that he had to come back like that that jeff johns insisted on bringing him back because that the parallax story is so interesting and then like 
you know, the retcon of like what parallax is. I don't really, I don't really care for that, even as much as I do like that run. I mean, it was cool in the moment. Sure, yeah. When they're like, there's the parallax demon, there's all these other avatars of the of the emotions, and like that was cool. As as a young person growing up and reading that, I was like, this is the level of cool. And then like, but you think about it and you're like, well, they just had to bring back someone back from the dead who everybody was fine with not being alive anymore. He did his job. His arc ran out. And then you try to like redeem him by retconning in that it wasn't really him. He yeah. was just taken over by a demon, essentially <laughs> an intergalactic demon. I don't know. It was too much. All for the purpose of bringing Hal back when in all actuality, if Hal stayed dead, we'd still have a lot of quality lanterns. Yeah. You know, there 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 would be no reason why. And Barry should have stayed dead. Both of those are Jeff Johns moves. And yeah. you know, I like Jeff Johns' writing, but his love for the Silver Age blinds him. Yeah. And his his constant need to try to he really he really bites uh alan moore's style and alan moore's stories a lot does he yeah blackest night is a thing that alan moore invented like the like blackest night was one uh three jokers is just him trying to do killing joke he did doomsday clock right like a bunch of these things, a, a, a bunch of these, uh, uh, like little things that kind of, you know, led to him making pretty big books start with Alan Moore. Huh. And it's like, I'm sure to him, it's like, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm a fan of his. So I'm just like, but yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't, I don't really fault uh, Alan Moore or I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't fault Jeff Johns for like, trying to expand on something that Alan Moore came up with a long time ago. Cause that's just the nature of comics, right? Right. Uh, you know, somebody lays the foundation and then you build upon it. Um, so like blackest night, for example, you know, that's a, a, a line in an Alan Moore, uh, Dave Gibbons, green lantern story, you know, the prophecy of the blackest night. Oh, and, and, and then he, comes up with this idea and runs with it you know um i mean i liked it it also just was about moments right like what is the impact of blackest night on the overall characters and whatnot like there were there was minimal impact right yeah and, and you know at the time it felt like it was gonna have a lasting thing um you know like oh how would turning into a blue lantern affect barry allen you know going forward but it, uh, or yeah. like or like you know all the uh all the characters who came back from the dead for that those like one single issues you know that yeah. they, they did like it seemed like those were going to be but then I, then again you know that's kind of just the nature of comics eventually everything gets reset yeah superhero mm. comics yeah um green lantern war journal though that's an eclipse it seems like an eclipso ring 
like it looks like Eclipso. It looked like uh, I see. I see what you mean by that. It looked to me like the Star Sapphire kind of like a dark version of Star Sapphire. It right. could also be Dark Stars. What do you mean? Like it could be related to dark to the Dark Stars. Oh, because of the just because of the logo. Yeah, yeah. It was also they said it's like the Ring of Undying. What dot the blight of the dead or something like right yeah something like that um and so but the first time where the astronaut glimpses the ring it it has this like cover that looks like eclipso yeah you know on the helmet so um if there is a mystery it would be cool uh to to you know to keep reading by the way wonder woman number one is that a general general immortus at the end with the lasso of lies or whatever you got me i have it no looks idea. like general do you know who general immortus is sure don't he's a doom patrol villain that's just an old man that never dies but he stays oh, old okay and he but he's just like a bad guy and he's just an undying old man bad guy it looks like him that's my only guess on on that on yeah who that guy I, is I definitely being. see what you mean are you looking up General Immortus? Yeah, I, I am right now. Yeah, yeah. I actually so, I started I started going through and looking at the Dark Stars to like kind of confirm that the logo on their chest does kind of look like that ring. Yeah. Um, does it? It kind of. Okay. Kind of. Um, yeah. I do know that Philip Kennedy Johnson, the writer, uh-huh. said that this run that he's doing this story is heavily inspired by terminator oh because that lantern shepherd has gone back in time and yeah because that's from a that's from a another book yeah i had to look that up so that's okay yeah terminator okay but have we talked about we're not getting into this because this is a there's a that that terminator could have been taken directly from days of future past uh we've never talked about that no because days of future past came first in the comics yeah and then terminated came out like a couple years later right and that james cameron was probably reading comics at that time anyway moving on uh you read superman six didn't okay i read half of it I just, I love what's going on with Superman right now. I just love it. Yeah, same. And it's like... The, between Superman and action, um, I mean, I, I I rush to read those books usually. The only reason I didn't this time is because I wanted to make sure to get these new number ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, premises, they're introducing a new villain called The Chained. Yeah. And, you know... Um, also Lex has gotten shanked in prison. And so, um, Superman feels guilty about that. Um, Captain America, number one. I know you read that one. Yeah, I did. Um, interesting start, kind of a slow start, but I like the themes they're setting up. It, yeah, it, uh, it reminds me of... I know that it's not going to do the same thing, but like it kind of reminds me the way the story is framed uh, reminds me of when Jason Aaron was writing Thor 
and you were like switching between you know present thor past thor and eventually like future king thor yeah and um it's kind of doing the same thing here where we're looking at like different parts of steve's life uh at various points right Uh, we're getting two points right we're getting modern day and then we're getting the past yeah but like it seems to work really well and hinge around this this building that he yeah yeah this this the the the, is like a the building that his mother lived in yes and so it's it's important i think it's important to note it's not like in the military like the past isn't isn't the past version isn't steve rogers when he's in the army it's before that you know like it's when he's just a nobody living in new york and uh which i think is cool you kind of get to show you know the whole thing about uh captain america was always captain america you know he always hated bullies yeah um i mean it's a good start and the i really hope they they are going into the political stuff with it because basically which which i think they're doing but basically they're framing captain uh, cap as um kind of a a new deal era socialist like yeah you know he tells he tells uh that guy he hires to help him with the building he tells him look i'll hire you at union prices like at union yeah. wages, you know and like to me that is who captain america is he's very much like you know, he heard FDR's speeches and was just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do, you know, like, and, and uh, yeah, I really hope that they lean into that. There are, there are some cap stories that it feels like they deliberately avoided being overtly political and like making a statement, which I think is crazy. I, I mean, I, I thought for sure and maybe I need to reread it, but I thought for sure like Tanahasi Coates's run on Cap was going to be like super poignant and like make a big statement about American identity and stuff like that. And I didn't think it. I thought it felt just like a normal superhero comic. From what I had read about it, read from his run, yeah, it just seemed like a normal thing. Sam Wilson comics tend to mm-hmm. like tend to push the boundaries a little bit. But I also think that, like, I think it's weird for people out there to, like, if they're going to rally against this comic, I think it'd be weird because when when has Cap, when has Steve ever been like, look, I'm not going to help you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Like, that's not Steve. I don't, I don't think that many people are going to have a problem with this, only, mainly because I think the only reason why anybody would is if there was some kind of like outrage farm happening with it. Right. And, you know, like Fox news didn't do a story on it yet. Right. I mean, the, the end of the issue ends with a Nazi rally in central park. Right. Where they're right. handing out free food. Right. And he, you know, he, yeah, he, he, he gets over, you know, he, he goes over to it to get free food and then realizes what it is. Right. Uh, There's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that is, those are things that happened in 1930s America. Like people forget that the the Nazis weren't the enemy until the Japanese made them our enemy, essentially. 
Right. Well, I mean, there was also people who just thought we should go to war with Japan and not like yeah. Germany. Yeah. You know, that Germany never hit our harbors, right? Right, right. And I mean, you well, know, again, I, 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 I mention this all the time is when I get the chance, I live in, I live in St. Louis, like uh, Charles Lindbergh is from here. He flew the spirit of St. Louis, you know? And if you go to the Holocaust museum here, Charles Lindbergh's iron cross that was sent to him personally by Hitler is hanging up there as a reminder of just like, listen, this wasn't, it wasn't unpopular to be a Nazi no. in america before we got involved in the war right that's, and that's the whole that's the whole reason captain america exists is because simon and kirby were pissed off about that yeah. you know being, being like two jewish dudes were angry that this was going on in their country that claimed to be you know like uh uh you know for everybody and the melting pot and you know all this stuff yeah, I think that people don't realize is that, like, sure, in hindsight, our enemy back then was obvious. But back then, the enemy fell on specific lines. Yeah. Specific class lines and race lines, right? I think, I think too, you know, it's like, again, they'll remind you of this. If you go to our Holocaust Museum here, they will remind you that most of the world didn't know about concentration camps until the, until Germany was liberated. Mm. Um, and so like, it's very easy for us to think like, how did they not know that this was, you know, like that this enemy was as terrible as it was, you know, like how, you know, oh, it's obvious that like, that was who the enemy was. Right. But there were a lot of secrets that were being kept about it. Right. And so some probably well-meaning people were probably missed, just yeah missed, they just missed it yeah but also a lot of people were isolationist after the debacle yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was world war one um this is also becoming a different podcast but it's also tying in with Captain america it's it's relevant to it it's yeah. very relevant to it yeah um real quick though uh uh i want to go over just a handful of other books that we had read uh you read part of rare flavors number one i just want you to i did real brief about it um, so, I mean, uh, it's Ram V and Philippe Andraji, which is the same creative team as The Many Deaths of Layla Starr. Uh, mm. That is why I picked it up. I finally read that book and I'm real bummed out uh, that um, uh, I don't know her real name. Vegan Superkick. Oh, uh, yeah. Maggie. Yeah. I, I real bummed out that she's not here to talk about it because she loves The Many Deaths of Layla Starr. Um, and I, I finally read it over the summer. I read it on a plane in mm. just one go and, uh, it's awesome. So I have it. I haven't read it yet. It's it, you, you, you need to, it's mm -hmm. so good. Um, and so like the, this, this is very similar in that it like, uh, uh, it doesn't seem as like it's based in mythology. It seems like it's more realistic, but I also didn't finish the book. Um, but it does, I mean, it takes, it's, it takes place in India. Yeah. Um, it's about a kind of a shady kingpin looking guy. Yeah. Um, who has some, he's got something going on and I can't, I don't know what it is cause I haven't finished it yet. Um, but he's trying to hire, uh, a documentarian 
to make a documentary about him like finding uh uh like the greatest you know the best food that he can find mm. you know and and the docu the, the filmmaker is like refusing that's as much as i've gotten from it um okay. so i've figured out that like first of all the art's incredible it matches that like almost you know that colorful uh bollywood for lack of a better term mm. like style yeah. that many deaths had um it just seems a little bit more grounded uh but it's also going to involve food um and where i stopped reading it is where it's actually getting into like it seems like a recipe for uh for uh a specific type of chai okay hmm. um it's also spelled o-u-r-s which is the the british yeah 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 spelling flavors i don't i don't know if that's i don't know if that's like just because maybe that's how ram v spells flavors yeah not editorially mandated to not do so or if maybe like there's going to be a theme of colonialism um right in, in this book yeah I'm going to look up more of Romby because, uh, yeah, I didn't know too much. His Swamp Thing is awesome. Um, um, He did a run on Catwoman that's supposed to be really good, uh, but I didn't read it. Um, And, I mean, Detective, I, I, it took me, I had to go back and start from the beginning and then read everything a second time, but I got it. And, yeah, his Detective run is great, too. Okay. Um, we we mentioned Gotham War earlier, Catwoman number fifty seven. I just wanted to mention real quick that like sometimes when it has like multi series tie like multi series parts of a crossover, like sometimes they feel disjointed and they almost feel like they're you know written by different writers and whatnot. But like in this, this takes off right where like Batman left off. Okay, and so like it's pretty seamless. Like if you're reading this all in a graphic novel, it wouldn't even seem like different series. You would just okay go through it um and like they're really hitting home like what is basically there's a quote in this book that i thought was really good and that is catwoman talking about batman and she goes batman would like to see a good city not a healthy one you know what i mean so like catwoman is fighting for a healthy city maybe that doesn't mean it's 100 good but it's healthy and Batman's fighting for a good city doesn't necessarily mean it's a healthy one, you know? And so they make the distinction in this and, and there's a twist at the end of uh, again, playing into the fact that like, we don't know who these characters are because the artists are drawing them, but there is a twist that a character is another character at the end of this book. And so it's like, Oh, cool. And I don't even know if it's a character, you know, or not, but like, you know, um, but like maybe, maybe not. So it's interesting. Um, Batman Superman World's Finest number 19. You didn't read it, right? Haven't read it yet. Okay. It finishes off this kind of arc because Batman, this this series is a bunch of arcs, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's their first meeting, essentially. It's Batman and Superman's first team up. Um, the Riddler, there's, there's Jaxer from the Phantom Zone. And then it also sets up something for a future thing. I think it action comics. And so... You know, good for good for them. 
this hasn't been my favorite arc, but like the art was nice. Yeah. You know, uh, Titans number three is dealing with some interesting things. Um, and it's a really gross final page. Okay. Like a really gross final page. It's not gory or violent. It is just really gross. And so anyone who read this one, you know, um, I like this series. I like this series. It starts off with the death of Wally West from the future. He goes back in time to the present. But like the arc isn't about that. So I thought that's interesting. Okay. Um, and then Nightwing 106, you I mean, you could technically skip it if you really want to. It's kind of a it's uh kind of empty. I don't know. It, it, not much happens in this book, but it, it's good. It's still good. So that's my that's my rundown. There you go. Um really quick before we get going, um, is there anything next week that you are looking forward to reading? I anything is coming out? I don't know what comes out next week. Okay. That's um, fair. That's fair. I am very much a person who just goes into the shop not and sees what's, what I'm picking up and then just yeah. kind of like, they hand me my pull list and then I go to the new shelf and just pick up things that like seem interesting. Okay. Um for anyone out there, uh I'm going to I'm going to read out a couple titles of what's coming out this week and then I want to know where people can find you and all that stuff. Uh yeah. next week, uh we won't be having a comic talk, so we won't be able to talk about it until the week after, I guess. But next week, um The Flash number 1 comes out. We talked about that today. Uh Green Arrow 4 comes out. Finally, we're back to that. Ultimate Invasion 4 comes out. We're going to be talking about that this weekend. I'll tell you what, talks. I've really been enjoying that series for somebody we- who who doesn't read a lot of Marvel, but yeah. also has not read a single Ultimate book. I really like Ultimate Invasion. It's going to be a topic of discussion when we talk about what's, you know, the the future of comics or whatever, the state of comics, the comic news that's out right now. We'll talk about it this weekend. Um, but like uh, Avengers 5 comes out, you know, um, like Immortal Thor 2 comes out, another Gotham War comes out uh, issue where it's Red Hood focused. Mm-hmm. Blade number three comes out. Jean Grey number two comes out. You know, um, Power Girl number one comes out. There's another number one that's, uh, you know, worth noting. Miss Marvel, the new mutant number two comes out. So a lot of good books next week. So I'm excited to, uh, I guess, not talk about it. I'm excited to read them, but I won't be talking about them. Um, before we get going, Drew, where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, I got, uh, you know, you can find me, uh, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm on uh, Twitter for now, uh, all same name, Drew X Deficit, uh, find me, you know, hit me up, I do things. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, I always say, uh, uh, play Justice League Cosmic Chaos, the video game mm-hmm. I wrote for uh, DC Comics, uh, I I. I I'm really proud of it. I want everybody to play it. Have you yeah. gotten your copy yet? I haven't, but I do actually. I do want to get it. Um, every time, every time I bring it up, you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play that." <laughs> I do. I mean, it looks cool. Like it is something that I would play. Um, but I gotta let things calm down right now. I get but you. yeah, uh, and then um, I, I, if you're in the St. Louis area this Sunday, uh, there's a small convention in town called Missouri Con. Uh, I'm going to have a booth at it. Um, I'll just be there pretty much like I'm I'm just going to be making 
uh, TikToks from the convention. I'm going to try to talk to people. So if you're a person who's there, come and find me. Um, I'll, I, I'm hoping to have like a copy of the game there that you can just, you know, freely play. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be, you know, if you're in costume, I'm going to talk to you about your costume. I'm going to try to do some interviews with some, uh, 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 you know, some pro people. Um, and really I just want to, I just want to get into, um, talking to people about why they love comics and and you know why they love this stuff because that's yeah. that's what i'm interested in yeah um that all sounds cool missouri con all right all right um cult of carnage missouri number one there's a there's a book series cult of carnage misery oh okay um, i didn't get that joke it's all right I think issue five came out this week. Anyway, whatever. We didn't read it and we didn't talk about it. Uh, thank you so much, Drew, so much for coming on the show, taking time out of your Thursday to be hey, here any, with anytime. me. Um, thank you to everybody out there who are watching and or listening. If you're watching us live, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. Shout out to Carson442007 for being in the chat with us. Um uh, and being here. But if you're listening to the podcast, it's wherever you get your podcast from. Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, um, all that sorts of stuff. So you can find us there. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok. Those are our two biggest social media platforms, at The Keeg Show, uh, T-H-E-K-E-E-G-S-H-O-W. You can also find us at patreon.com slash The Keeg Show as well. For some reason, our reels are picking up a little bit on Facebook. And so, I mean, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, you know, um, at The Keeg Show or slash The Keeg Show, where, you know, wherever you want this weekend we will be having the key talks um so definitely stay tuned for that and then um the comic talk uh will be gone next week but we are every thursday 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern here at twitch.tv slash the key show uh that's pretty much it uh find a comic shop near you comic shop locator.com and uh that's pretty much it thank you so much drew uh once again for being on the show and uh for being on Anytime. upcoming shows yeah uh once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been Comic Talk for September 21st, 2023. The 21st night of September. The tw- it, is that Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was joking, but yes, it is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Super fast, gotta beat the boss and get the loot, cause it's the king.